0: Welcome to Prophet Gideon Dansor's podcast, where we spend time delving into the deep things of God. We're so happy to have you join us today and we pray you are blessed. Prophet Gideon Dansor is the globally pastor of Empowerment Worship Centre, where God lives. We welcome you to a time of deep study and prayer. You can also join us in person on Sundays at 7am, 9am, 11am and 6pm. We promise you your life will never be the same.
1: Matthew chapter 5 from verse 1 reading down to 12. And seeing the multitude, he went up into a mountain and when he was set, his disciples came to him. Verse 2 And he opened his mouth and taught them saying Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 4 Blessed are the mourn, for they shall be comforted. Verse 5 says Blessed are the me, for they shall inherit the earth. Verse six. Blessed are the which you hunger, and test of the righteousness, for they shall be filled. Seven. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Tell someone to say, mercy is a seed you sow. Say so when you sow it, you reap it. Tell someone, be merciful, be merciful. Let's take verse seven one more time. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Verse eight. Blessed are the pure in the heart. For they shall see God. Verse nine said, "Blessed are the peacemaking, for they shall be called the children of God." Blessed which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For this is the kingdom of heaven. Verse eleven said, "Blessed are ye, which men shall revile and persecute you, and shall say all oh, manner of evil against you falsely for my sake." Verse twelve, "Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven." for so persecuted they the prophet which were before the father bless us one more time let your children live here so blessed that we came in Jesus name be excited clap your hands give God praise we start a new series this morning called the beatitude making your Christianity matter to others horizontal Christianity making your Christianity relevant to the people around you. Horizontal Christianity. Vertical is up to God. And there's one that is to the person next to you. Tell somebody, I'm very concerned about the way you think about me. Tell somebody, it matters the way you think about me. And tell somebody, you better renew your mind about the way you think about me. Hallelujah. We had a good time dealing with soldiers having the mind of Christ. But this morning, we started a new series called The Beatitude. Making your Christianity matter. And we read the most powerful and profound sermon that was preached by our master, our Jesus, our savior, the king of kings. The Bible says, Jesus, seeing the multitude, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came to him. And when the disciple showed up, verse 2 said, he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Jesus, when he saw the multitude, he lifted them up and decided to teach, we're reading for the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew is one of the most interesting books in the Bible. Very, very interesting because the book of Matthew does not only present Jesus as a Jewish Messiah, but also the long-awaited King or perfect King. The Jews were waiting to see a Messiah, a Savior, and a King. And Matthew's account of the gospel is the one that presents Jesus not only as a Messiah, but as a king. He starts by giving the royal genealogy of Jesus, which helps us to understand that he's a everlasting king. For Matthew chapter 1, Matthew begins to talk about Jesus' genealogy, his background, where he has come from. And he establishes that Jesus is not only the son of Joseph the carpenter, but actually the son of David. The root of David. He establishes that Jesus came from the royal deity. He's a royal. He's a king. He goes on to give us how Herod was so threatened and scared about Jesus because whenever the original shows up, the counterfeit is worried. And so Herod, being a self-appointed king, and also appointed himself as a Messiah, when he heard about the birth of Jesus and how he was the king of the Jews. He was threatened and very scared and he ordered that Jesus should be killed. Think about it for a minute. A man that lives in a palace with all the soldiers and everything he had as a king he couldn't sleep in a palace was looking for a baby in a manger. Sometimes You have no idea how many people are very worried about who you are. A king in his palace can't sleep because of a baby in a manger. A king in his palace is having sleepless night because of a child. A child. A child. Sometimes we think that it's about where we are. It's not always about where you are. But it's about what is in you. The reason why you are under attack and the reason why you're going through what you're going through is not because of where you are but it's because of where you are going. Otherwise, why would a king leave his palace to look for a baby who is in the manger? Sometimes it is not about where you think you are but it's about the destiny ahead of you. And sometimes we don't even see who we are but our enemies see. Have you wondered and asked yourself, Why am I going through what I'm going through? You are going through what you're going through because of what is in you. Will you hit yourself and say, I carry something? I carry something. And I tell someone, There's more in me that you haven't seen. There's more. Come on, speak to us and say, There's more in the inside of me. My goodness. The reason why the enemy will leave you alone. It doesn't matter what you're going through, is that they see that if they allow you to grow and to build up, this thing is too strong. This thing will sweep the world. This thing will save the world. This thing. This thing. This thing. That has started so small. It's going to be too big. Many of you, they started fighting you from the day you were born. Because they see that if they leave you alone, you are going to do something dangerous. Am I talking to a church? So, Herod decides to order his assassination. And Matthew gives account of that. And Matthew goes on to give vivid account of how Satan himself decided to come after Jesus. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of Satan, and how Satan tries to trick him to become the King of the world, so that Satan can become the ruler of the entire universe. If Jesus is the embodiment of the Godhead and if Jesus who is the embodiment of the Godhead is deceived then Satan will control the Godhead you are not getting it Jesus is the embodiment of the Godhead and Satan approached him to deceive him and to make him the king of this world you know Satan will always have you beg for what is already yours. Satan's number one assignment is to deceive you to bow down and to beg for what God has already given you. Who told you that God won't favor you? Who told you that God won't do it? Who told you that it's not going to happen? It's going to happen. But if you are not careful, Satan will deceive you and he will give it to you at his terms. Who created the world? Jesus in the beginning was what? And the word was what? Without him was anything created that was created and yet Satan wanted him to bow for what he created he said bow and when you bow I will give it to you meanwhile he created it Jesus said you are a joker I refuse to take anything from Satan that is already mine tell somebody it's already yours it's already yours Come on and say, my peace is mine, my joy is mine My healing is mine My deliverance is mine My godly marriage is mine, my favor is mine My children are mine Whatever God has given me, they are mine I'm not going to do anything for Satan To give back to me what is already mine It is already mine, favor is mine Destiny is mine, glory is mine Anointing is mine Greatness is yours, the devil is a liar I get a witness in the house Greatness is yours, favor is yours Destiny is yours, power is yours Anointing is young For the Lord has spoken in twice We have heard the power belongs to God The devil is a liar The silver and gold are mine And the captain on the thousand hills they belong to my God My God is the creator of the universe The earth is lost and the fullness thereof The world and dead that dwell He has established the devil is a liar I'm not bowing for what is mine Come on clap your sound Say it's mine It's mine not bind for what is mine. Satan goes and tries to trick him so that Satan could control the Godhead. If Jesus is a revealed God then if Jesus is deceived and Jesus came under the spell of Satan then Satan will control the universe including the Godhead. The devil is a liar. He failed big time and I'm telling you that he failed big time. You give someone say he failed big time. I feel excited. we well. say he failed big time. I don't know who I'm talking to, but, I, but the devil is about to fail one more time. There's going to be a repetition of what happened on the mountain one more time. It doesn't matter how strong they are, they are failing this time around. Say yes. Thank you, Lord. In chapter 4 of Matthew, Jesus begins to announce. After John had gone ahead to make everyone know that he is the one coming. And that the kingdom of God is at hand, is eminent, is here. Jesus, in chapter 4, begins to proclaim and declare and decree because he is a king. Matthew presented him as a king. So in Matthew chapter 4, he goes to proclaim the kingdom. Because every king must have a kingdom. And if he is a king, then he begins to speak. About his kingdom, because John's ministry at this time was accepted, and even those who had a problem with him knew that the guy was the prophet. Sometimes people can have a problem with you, but they know who you are. And so, John's ministry was accepted in the system. And just when they accepted John, John now proclaims and declares that he's the one that you have been waiting for, he's a king. Now, Jesus comes and begins to proclaim his kingdom. Chapter 4. At this point, he is not only proclaiming his kingdom, he's now telling them that the kingdom of God, that is his kingdom, is at hand, is imminent, is here. And that they should repent or face danger when they miss it. At this point, the Jews are so confused and overwhelmed as whether God had abandoned them or God was establishing a new kingdom, particularly since they are helpless under the Roman Empire. It's at this point that Jesus was to make matters worse by now not only proclaiming about his kingdom, but his working miracles to confirm and affirm who he is. He's not only preaching and teaching. He's confirming and affirming. He's preaching and teaching by signs and wonders. The Jews are so confused because they thought if a Messiah will come, a Messiah will come by way of a cup in the sun. You have no idea how many people think you don't qualify. But thank God that he used the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. The confusion was to become even worse. And now, Jesus, not only is he proclaimed as a king, or has he declared that he's a king, he's now confirming who he is by the signs and the wonders. The Jews, even more confused now. The crowd are now following Jesus. The Pharisees lost their business. The Sadducees lost their congregation. Confusion everywhere. The thing has become confusing galore. What is happening? Who is this guy? That's going to be your testimony this week. I'm going somewhere with this. I love it. You can criticize a man's method, but you can't criticize his results. You can fight a man's style, but you can't fight what is evident in his life. You may not like me, but EWC is doing well. God is with us. Your clapping is sick. Who told you that everybody will approve your ministry? and love you. But it gets to a point that something is evident. Something is so vivid that people can't dispute it anymore. Jesus now begins to perform miracles and signs and wonders to confirm his ministry. At this point, Jesus had a crowd and following. So in chapter 5, Jesus now like every king or ruler God has his followers and set forth the principle regarding this new kingdom he's talking about because if you are king you are followers and if you are followers you must teach your followers so Jesus now gathers his followers are you with me and now He begins to teach them because every kingdom has a culture. Every kingdom has a language. You're not getting me. Evers, are you here? Do you have some Evers in the house? What about some Gans? Some Ashantis? What about some Nodness? Nordness? Are you here? Are you doing at all? Every kingdom has their culture, their language, and their way of doing things so jesus says now he's a king he got us his followers and he begins to now teach them the new life tell somebody when you become born again you get a new life tell somebody right there please speak to three and tell them when you are born again You get a new life. You get a new culture. You get a new identity. You get a new passport. You are born again. You are born again. You are a new person. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation all things a pastor will behold all things I knew I'm not the same way you met me five years ago and even if I didn't know now I know because now my king is teaching me better I'm learning I am now a member of a new kingdom a new house I belong to the house of God I am a child of God will you clap your hands and shout say yes Help me, Lord. Jesus says, if I'm a king and I have a kingdom, and if in my kingdom there are subjects or citizens, I must teach my citizens the new principle, the new way of living, the new life. You cannot be a Christian and still live the way you used to live before you became born again. It doesn't work. A simple as this statement is yet it is a strength the motivation the power of the sermon on the mount which has become the greatest sermon ever preached by Jesus the greatest sermon in this sermon Jesus began to establish the new way of thinking the new way of life although Jesus here is particularly different and using a different language to that of Moses yet what he said does not contradict what Moses says but what he says fulfills and makes what Moses says better. You will notice that in verse 1 of chapter 5 Jesus will speak and the Bible said he ascended the mountain and seeing the multitude he went The Christian journey is a mountain experience. I feel like preaching right there. Can I talk to you right now? Jesus ascended the mountain because your Christian journey is not a valley journey. It's a mountain journey. You must come up. The days of staying down are over. Your Christian journey is a rising up. It's a going up. It's a new standard. It's a new life. It's a higher life. It's a better life. You are not getting me. I see you rising up. I see him bouncing back. I see him going up, mountain top. It's a mountain top experience. Will you clap your name? Say yes. Who Seeing the multitude? You know, when God will speak to the children of Israel and give them the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandment came from where a mountain. Where? A mountain so God will always speak to them but from the mountain who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord a city that is set on the hill and that day the city of the Lord shall be lifted up high and all nations shall run towards it are you with me at all the Christian journey is not a valley journey even if you go to the valley you don't stay in the valley yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I shall fear no evil for thou art with me just in case I am down I'm not to remain down for rejoice not over me all my enemies for when I fall I shall Shall I rise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be. And come on, I am coming up. Lucas, I'm coming up. You are, I'm coming up. I'm rising up. I'm bouncing back. I'm being lifted. For when men are cast down, then shall thou say, there is a lifting up. Will you clap your hands, child? Say yes. It's a mountain top journey watch this watch this everybody how god spoke to them in the days of moses and how god spoke to them in the days of jesus Was in the depths of Moses, they'll come down the mountain and they are all in the valley, scared, afraid, worried, intimidated to hear God speak from the mountain into the valley. And the devil is a liar. But Jesus came and said, I am coming down the valley, but I'm not leaving you in the valley, I'm lifting you up to the mountain. So when you get to the mountain, I can talk to you. hear someone say mountain top say yes the Christian journey is a mountain top experience it's a higher one. look at me my standard is not what anybody says I listen to Michelle Obama and Michelle Obama says when they go so low we go so high tell somebody we go up tell say I'm going up <laughs> If you hate me and I hate you back I went down. If you hate me and I restore you and I bless you I take you say up. <laughs> if you're in sword and I bless you I take you up. It's a mountain top. Come on lift up and say up 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 up. Can you rise up say up up? Say go up. I need to get out of your seat and tell three people it's time to go up. It's time to go up. Please walk out of your seat and tell somebody you've been in the valley for too long. You've been down for too long. You've been sick for too long. You've been hurt for too long. You've been sad for too long. You've been crying for too long. You've been timid for too long. You've been crying for too long. It is time to go up. It is time to rise up. It is time to bounce back, say yes. It's a mountaintop. My standard is not what my husband said. My standard is not what my boss said. My standard is not what everybody's doing. My standard is what God is saying. Just because sin has become so adjusted to your generosity, does it make sin right? You know what I'm saying? Just because sin has become so familiar am I communicating well that's because it's become so cool to do that's because it's become the norm even in the church doesn't make it right because wrong is so wrong even when everybody's doing it and right is so right even when nobody is who cares about what the pope or the bishop or the prophet is doing what we care about is what the bible says what the bible says is a mountaintop experience come on clap your hands and shout say yes you know when i got there that's what everybody was doing So I decided to do some, after all, I'm not alone, you're alone. You know, that's what they're doing in the office. They're all adding one zero to another zero. You are alone. Don't be like Elijah and say, everybody has bowed. There are about 400,000 who are standing, who are alive, who are well. There are many who are still experiencing the mountain top experience. He took them up to the mountain and he began to teach. My God, thank you, Jesus. He begins to teach them the principles. He shows them that being born again is going down and coming up. You go down, you lift them up, and up there, they stay in the truth. You know, there are certain things I can't say to you when you are in a certain realm. Do you know that they are sending things I can communicate to you when you are in the realm that I want you to be in? You are not getting it. It's like you are so emotional and I'm trying to tell some, your emotions are blocking what I'm saying. But when you are in the spirits, when I communicate, you can get it better. There's a place in God when you are there, you can hear God. Jesus said, if I teach you in the valley, you won't get it. Come up to the mountain and at the mountain, I'll share secrets and truths with the all major experiences in the bible happen on the mountaintop the reason why many of you can't really serve God well is that you are still in the valley you are still crying so bitter, so hurt hurt about some husband who left you five years ago, who is even going to hell sick, alcoholic, crazy And you are here, you are a tongue talker, a believer Born again and you are so sad And hurt, why are you drinking Poison and expecting somebody to die I release you I forgive you Because I am called To a mountaintop journey That's my destiny I think it's a good place to clap your hands and to give God praise I think you need to give God A smile or a laugh I think you need to scream and shout. Say yes. I'm called to a higher world. A higher experience. Mm. Mm. It also shows in the New Testament. We don't stand in a valley. Of needs. But we follow our deliverer Jesus. To receive and live according to the kingdom principles. Jesus gave them truth and keys on the mountain. It's all about where you stand. How you see yourself in life is determined by where you stand. If you're in a valley, you see differently. If you're on a mountain top, you see differently. I stand on the mountain and I see what you don't see. Watch this. On the mountain top, he begins to teach them the principles. And one cannot teaching here. Is what is now known as the beatitude? The beatitude helps us to understand the standard of life in the kingdom of God. There are three things you need to know about the beatitude number one, the beatitude is a yastic of defining a member of the kingdom, the sermon on the mount is a yastic, it's a measure of defining. Who is a member of the kingdom? So if you really want to know you are born again and you are in the kingdom, measure yourself by the beatitude. Paul said, examine yourself to check whether you are still in the faith or not until your Christianity is measured by the Sermon on the Mount. You are not a Christian. Until you measure yourself by the teachings of Jesus on Mount Olives. And find yourself qualified. You are still struggling and need some grace. Why is it a yastic. Of defining what member kingdom this is. This because. It takes us beyond conduct. To reveal the character. Of a person who belongs to the kingdom. The Sermon on the Mount. Takes us beyond conduct to character. Because there is a difference between conduct. And character. You can do something. That is not you. And nobody should judge you. But what you do, but he judge you for who you are. I said one more time, if you didn't get it, I can do something that is not me. Because character is different from conduct. You're not getting it? it Tell us, the character is different from conduct. Screech, someone says, I'm talking to the character is different from your conduct. Why? Because You are not measured by what you did. You are measured by who you are. I call it attitude to be. Because Sermon on the Mount is be attitude. It's not do, do, do. It's be, be, be. It's not about what you did. It's about who you are. As many as believe him, to them he gave power to become to become is who i am tell somebody it's who i am is who i am i am a child of god you know something if i have a child my responsibility of having a relationship and taking care of my child is based on the reason that i get back to him not what he did there's nothing he would do and has done whoever do that will change the truth that he's my child is who he is by birth by nature by right is who he is look at me who you are is different from what you do it's true I can't sleep but that's not me something can come out of my mouth but you can't define me by that who I am is not what I did it is true that when you are a child of God you exhibit God's character yet you can be a child of God and one act out some way And nobody can judge you by what you did one day. Am I talking to a church this morning? It's beatitude because it's be, 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 not do, do. Christianity is not what we do, 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 but who we are. Who am I? I'm a child of God. I am a child of God. Tell somebody I'm born again. I'm a child of God. How many of you know that you are blessed? You are favored? You are anointed? Who told you that you are where you are because of what you did? It's by grace, not by works. I am saved by grace. I am saved by grace, not by works. I think it's a good place to sound and say yes who I am. It's not what I did. I refuse to accept it. I refuse to allow you to define me by one mistake. Because God didn't take one day to build me. He will not take one day to destroy me. How dare you make me feel that just because I didn't do something right means I'm not a child of God. No, I am a child of God. As many that receive him, to them he in you he's fearing you you are learning you are understanding you are transforming from glory to glory from grace to grace from anointing to anointing from favor to favor from greatness to greatness can i hear you shout? say yes At watch this. If Christianity is about do, 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 now what happens is that people can conduct themselves because they are afraid of punishment. But character is what you actually are. It's different when you are behaving because you are afraid. And when you are yourself. In other words, Christianity is not pretence. Watch this. Christianity is not, we lift our hands to the great I am, was and always and is to come. Lift our hands, show It's not acts, it's real work when you are a child of God you are who you are by birth, by grace by divine identity it's your birthright will you clap your hands and shout say yes look at me I'm not serving God because I'm afraid of a witch I'm serving because he loves me and I love him it's a love affair it's a relationship things happen but we are working on it Things happen, but we are working on it. We sleep, but we are still working on it. Something happened, but he still loves me. Are you with me at all? I don't understand it all, but I know he got my back. I may have questions, but yet he's still working on me because he's God all by himself. Will you clap behind and shall say yes, it is it is a relationship, and as I get to know him more, I trust more, and as I trust more. My anxiety goes, and as my anxiety goes, I begin to relax and chillax. And I live a stress-free life. Because I know that all things are working together for my good. I may not understand it, but I know he's working it. Because he makes all things beautiful in his time. It might be my time, but not his time. But I know that when it is his time, he will surely show up and turn my captivity around. I serve God because I love him. Not because I'm afraid. When you are a Christian of conduct, you are always afraid. And you serve God because you are afraid of punishment. How many of you have had a father's love before? When you're a child, sometimes you crawl. And you fall. They get you up. And you are walking. And okay. And you are running. And you slip. Sometimes they tell you don't go. But you want to go and check what is there. If you are like me. You do all kinds of crazy things. But you are still a child. It doesn't change who you are. Nothing can change your relationship, that's what possible. What's separate us from the love of God? Nothing, not hell, not powers, not things present, or things with, no money can change my relationship with God. If it is out of conduct, then when my circumstances change, I change. Number two, the seven on the mount, each of them start with the word bless or happy, <laughs> bless, say, bless. I'm just showing three things to know about the beatitude the first one is that it measures your level in god if you want to know where you are in god measure yourself by the someone on the mount. number two it starts with the word "bless" or happy this means they bring blessings and happiness to anyone who walks if you walk by the beatitude you walk blessed if you walk by the beatitude you are happy, if you walk by the standards of the teaching of the Son of the Mount, you walk in a realm of blessing, you are not under a curse, but you are in blessing because when you become a member of the kingdom the curse is broken and now you are blessed, you are transformed you metamorphose. you shift you change address, what used to fight you can't fight you anymore because you are now a child of God and you are under the kingdom of Jesus blessed can I see your right hand lifted up and shout, Bless! Your voice is too low. You need to scream and say, Bless! Give some a and say, Bless! You are blessed. You have no idea who you are. If you are born again, if you are a child of God, you are blessed. Why do I say that? The word blessed in Greek, Means Makarios, which means spiritual joy and satisfaction beyond one state of life. Makarios means a spiritual joy. Divine satisfaction beyond where I am. My joy is not determined by the happiness around me. My joy is determined by my new best and my relationship in God. My joy is not determined by who is in power and who is not in power. Whether I got money or I don't have money. My joy is determined by what God has done done for me. Because on the cross he said, it is finished. And if it is finished, then everything that concerns me is finished. (laughs) Bless. Someone shall say, bless. Why bless? It is very significant to understand that whereas the last prophetic word That was issued in the Old Testament book of Malachi was curse. The Old Testament ended with the word curse. Malachi 4, 6. Let us strike the earth with a curse. Malachi ended with a curse. Jesus started with a blessing tell somebody I am starting well because I'm starting with a blessing. Whereas the Old Testament ended with a curse. The New Testament starts and ends with a blessing. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their father. Lest I come and smite the earth With a curse and Jesus comes to introduce a blessing. I don't know what faith you belong to. I don't know what denomination you belong to. I don't know what church you belong to. I don't know what dispensation and generation you belong to. But I belong to the blessed generation. Am I speaking to a church? You are too blessed to be cursed. You are too protected to die. You are too anointed to go down. You are blessed. You are blessed. Whatever you touch is Bless. Whatever you do is blessed. Blessed are you in the city. And blessed are you out of the city. Come on, clap your hands out. Say bless. Shout and say bless. 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 It starts with blessings. Do you know in the New Testament, starts with a blessing and ends with a blessing. Revelation 22, 21 says grace. Grace, the grace. Benediction. That word grace is extension of benediction. In other words, when you're a child of God, you don't leave God's presence without a benediction. What is grace? Grace is ability to do what an anomalous circumstance you were never able to do. What is grace? Grace is capacity, capability, dynamos, power, strength, energy, infusion. I can do all things by grace and to God who strengthened me. I came to speak over your destiny. Receive grace. Receive power. Receive strength. Say grace. The beatitude shift me from the realm of curse to the realm of blessing. Are you following today? Number three. It refers to our virtues. The third thing to know is that the beatitude is also referred to as what? The virtues every member of the kingdom must have this means having faith in god is not enough as a child of god you must add virtue you must add virtue second peter 1 5 says and beside this giving all diligence add to your faith virtues and to virtues knowledge add to your faith what virtue the sermon of the mount is virtue you receive virtues substance Christianity is not an empty thing, it's substance, it's weighty, it's meaty Don't go to church and live there the same. Don't go to any church that is not preaching sound doctrine. Don't be in a church because you were born in that church. You were born in a hospital. Your clapping is sick. Do you know why you were born? You were born in a hospital, so you have to go to Hospital Chapel International. You are so struggling, you come here and God gives you virtue, substance, power and you are so struggling to your old church. You need deliverance. When I go before God, I must live blessed and with substance. I walk out of the presence of God with knowledge, with understanding, with more light than I came. If I were, I will I'll be aggressive. How many of you come by the grace of God to the Empowerment Worship Center Sunday after Sunday and you live there with substance, with grace, with power. If a witness clap on and shout, say yes. Why? Because grace without truth is junk food and truth without grace is deadly. I'm telling you that in Christianity there's a balance. Stop living an empty life live a life of substance have values, have godly principles because when you possess him, his principles come through you you walk in it look at me, I'm not following principle, I'm following him and as I follow him, he gives me godly principles. church having understood this we must understand there are eight beatitudes and today I want to just do one the first one is a, it's a blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The first beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He must always start with your spirit. Because when you are spiritually okay, every other thing will fall in place. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is what? The kingdom of heaven. Jesus start talking about being poor in the spirit because that should be the general attitude of every believer. How should every believer if I took your temperature as a child of God your temperature must read poor in spirit. The general temperature of every Christian must always read poor in spirit. are you looking at me like that? If I measured you spiritually, if I took blood samples and I did a test on you, your test results must read poor in spirit. Tell somebody, when was the last time you did a blood work spiritually? Please ask somebody, when was the last time you took your blood and did some blood work? If you are not answering, you are already failing the test. Tell somebody, when was the last time you did blood work on you as a child of God? Tell us, when was the last time? When was the last time? And ask the person, if you did a blood work, what was your result? Arrogant in spirit, pride in spirit, pompous in spirit, know it all in spirit, but your blood work must read poor in spirit. Why? This is because without brokenness, In the spirit, you cannot receive anything from God. Brokenness. God cannot receive you. This is why the kingdom of God, there must be what? A fall and a rise. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2 verse 34, that his birth shall be the fall and the rising of many. The fall and the rising of many. Every Christian must be poor in spirit. Poor in spirit. Poor, poor poor in spirit. But blessed are the poor in spirit. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? It means to be broken in spirit. To be broken. To be what? Broken. To be what? Broken. In spirit. Poor. In spirit. Broken. In spirit. Every Christian must first experience the fall then the rise. If you are a child of God and you don't understand the fall and arise you can't serve god well why because the bible says unless a grain of a seed falls into the ground and it dies it abides alone but if it dies it brings forth much fruit have you been dead before let me know if you talk about that have you fallen before doesn't get deep for you have you been down before what does it mean to fall? The Bible says, fall on a beautiful stage. Like I say, fall in the ground. It means that sometimes you get a little bit dirty. Sometimes when you fall, you do not only fall, you die. Sometimes in your walk with God, you get to a place where it's like you are dead. And so, journey with God brought you to a place where people don't even think you exist anymore. Can I break a little bit deeper? Has your journey in God brought you to a level where people think you don't know what's going on? Has your journey in God brought you to a realm where people look at you and say, you are backward, you are colored, you are primitive, you don't understand our generation, you don't understand our world, you are too back, you don't get it, you are naive, you are lost. Have you been a place in God when your belief made people mock you? Have you been a place in God when your love for God became the reason why they were mocking and laughing at you? Blessed are you. Poor in spirit. Poor. Have you been a place in your work with God when your bosses and your accountant says, are you crazy in paying tithes? And you are like, do you understand what it means? By my servant way. Have you been a place in life where you are academically prepared? Sophisticated. You are so intellectually sound, but you are like, I'm praying for God to speak before I move. Have we been a place in life where people argue you and they question your sanity? Uh, Has your work with God brought you to a place where people are questioning whether you are normal? poor in spirit, is a broken person. Until we are broken, he cannot remold us. Because every child of God must be like a clay, easily broken, easily reshaped, rebirth, redirect, shaping, change. I am a clay in the hands of the Potter. He can break me. He can melt me. He can crush me. yeah Job said, do he slays me yet? Will I trust him?" Look, some say, are people questioning your sanity? You are not asking the question. I've been meaning to talk to you about this. I've been meaning to talk to you about this. Are people questioning your logic, your logic whether you are normal or not people can look and say what are you believing everything is gone, everything is lost, you are growing you are not making it, it won't work you are crazy, it's the easiest way possible and say no I'm trusting God, I am believing in God, I'm waiting upon God because they that wait upon the law shall renew their strength I am a place in God where my strength will work, my energy will work I am waiting on God, for God To speak because if you don't speak We will move. We are desperate for a task from you Watch this Watch this Being poor in the spirit Is not one in the flesh That's being poor in the flesh Being poor in the spirit Being poor in the spirit is not as a result of being lazy I'm not talking about being lazy I'm not talking about what Negligence or ignorance I'm not talking about Not having money per se I'm saying simply generating a character that says, I depend on God in every case. There's a difference between being lazy, being ignorant, being negligent. And there's a difference when you say that I depend on God every second. My heart beats after God. The psalmist said, As the deep for the water, so do my soul. And after thee. Poor in spirit. Hmm. Hmm. It is an attitude. It is a man's attitude and perception of himself. Whether he is poor or you see, being poor in the spirit is not what you possess physically. I'm not talking about wearing tattered clothes and having a ragged shoe. Are you with me at all? Because there are people who are poor physically and they are still arrogant in the spirit. It is not talking about your weakness of character or being a coward or false humility, but rather a person's relationship with God. Poor in spirit is not about what you are saying. Me, I'm humble. I'm poor in spirit. Meanwhile, your heart is far away from God. Me, whatever God says, what I do, but you are lying. Are you with me at all? Poor in spirit is not a weakness in the flesh a weakness in your character it's not being coward or forcibly, but rather your relationship with God it's not about glowing that you are the most humble or poor in spirit but a general appearance it's not about what you say you go to a church and some people as soon as you see them you think they are poor in your lives cause poor in spirit is not what you say is your state in the spirit. Poor in spirit. It's not what you pretend to be. It's who you are really. David said, God, search me. If there be any iniquity in me, God, search me. Can God search your car right now? Mm, you didn't like what I said. Come on, talk back to me. I need to talk to me. Can God search your fridge right now? There's some sweating beer. not judging i'm just saying i'm just saying that poor in spirit is not what you say by your state your true state poor in spirit is not how calculative and manipulative and fast you are in the church poor in spirit is the way god sees you when god look at you with his lens and eyes and begin to perceive your heart the way god sees the deepest part of you is poor in spirit. Poor in spirit is not clapping your hands and shouting and screaming and doing all the gymnastics. Poor in spirit is your temperature as God measures. Can I get a check this morning clapping your hands? I'm getting you. You are coming. You are still coming. You are not there yet, but you get there right now. Poor in spirit is a person whose confidence is not in his or her ability or acquisition, but confident in his maker. I call it God-fidence. god Confidence, not confidence My faith My boldness My capacity My audacity My strength My energy It's not because I got money in my bank accounts, Or somebody wrote a text for me But my confidence is in God Because faithful is he Who has promised And he will do it Will you clap your hand and scream and shout Say yes I you give free perhaps a confidence? Say confidence. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. I have strength. But my strength I have money. But my money is faith. Because my currency is faith. I buy things by faith. I build houses by faith. I travel by faith. I do all things by faith. Because God is on my side. Clap your hands! and shine. Say yes God Fiddles Possessing The Jesus confident Not your personal Look at you You are so shattered and sad That's what I'm telling you The fact that someone is crying in church Doesn't mean the person is crying because it's poor in spirit They are crying because everything is gone it's when everything is gone that will measure whether you are poor in spirit because it's when everything is gone that the things you can physically rely on and give you a posture of laughter and smile are all gone and you are still laughing because you trust God that's when you are poor in spirit I I said, I'll get you. You are still coming. You are not fully there yet. But I'll get you. My trust is in God. I got my joy. I got my peace. Because He said, keep you in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed. Poor in spirit. It's when Sarah is 90 years. Abraham is 99 years but they still believe God that faithful is he who has promised and he will do it. Poor in spirit is not when you have the check or the money. Because somebody called and said the money is coming. Poor in spirit is when the person called you and said I'm not sure it will work and still got joy because you trust him you trust him you trust him do you trust him this morning say yes pour oh, in the spirit you are still not there, your temperature is coming up. you are warming up it takes you a long time to warm up because you are stubborn but I'll get you i start, I'll hit you right now, I'm going to hit you one Bible's cover name, Abed Barnes said, Why is spirit having a humble opinion of yourself, to be sensible that you are a sinner having no righteousness of your own, but to be willing to be saved by the only rich grace and mercy of God, to be where God places us, to bear what he lays on us, to go where he bids us, and die when he commands us, to be willing to be in his hands, and to feel that we deserve no favor from him. That's what Paul said, to live is Christ, and to die, it's until you are a place where the devil can't even threaten you with death. You are not poor in spirit. Until you face a real enemy, you haven't passed a test. Our enemy of poverty is okay, okay. Poverty. I'm talking the greatest enemy of man, which is death. For death, many Christians will give up and go to juju. I'm telling you, for death, many Christians will shake their faith until you face death and say, "I'm not afraid of death." When it's what has separated me for love of God, death is included. Poor in spirit is when you are ready for anything that the enemy tries to scare you off. I'm not saying go and die, but I'm saying that not even death can be used to manipulate you. Some were fried. Some were crucified with their head hanging down. Some, their head were cut off, but they still believe God, and they were poor in spirit. Some were stoned. As Stephen was being stoned, he lifted up his eyes and saw heaven. That's poor in spirit. Poor in spirit says, God and God alone. Watch this. Hmm. It is the opposite of focusing on oneself and vanity and selfish ambition. A classical example of poor in spirit is the man by the name of Peter. 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 I love Peter. How many of you love Peter? You know, I love Paul, but I love Peter. I love Paul for his intellectual capacity. But I love Peter for his being real. The guy was a real guy. There were some Peters in the house. Paul was a mixed fit, it's true but because of Paul's personal training because of his discipline, because Paul was being trained to become a high priest he was a Pharisee, You cannot become a Pharisee when you are not intellectually sophisticated and disciplined and sound, and you can read and can memorize things Paul, because of his background very educated, very smart sharp guy, you can't measure a man by where he is, you must measure him from when he has come when I look at where Paul came from I can understand his discipline he had a discipline already so it was easy for him to adjust in God But Peter was a fisherman from Choco. Come on, talk to me. Can you picture him right there? Picture him. A guy from Gomwa, Brofuyedu. A guy from Jamestown. From Bukong. Come on, talk to me right now. A guy from Keta. All he knows is fish and yet he's going to become the pillar, the rock can you imagine, can you measure how Peter had to struggle he was married with children you know, when you are not married, it's different when you are married, it's different until you marry, you cannot really measure who you are <laughs> you are not clapping your hands why, because there are some responsibilities as a father, you can't run away from even though you are a man of God when you go home, you de you remove your rope you remember what Peter said to Jesus? Peter said to Jesus, we have left our wives and children and follow you. What are we going to get? He said, talk to me, Jesus. What I left my wife and children. I was a fish I had a business. I left my wife and children. Jesus said, there's nothing that you lost that you don't get it back. Jesus had to take Peter to the in-law's house. You're not getting it. I'm not going to say anything. The guy was so complicated that even the in-law was part of it. I'm talking about Peter, the man with complications and complex problems. He's the only guy this morning I like to use as a character study for a man that's poor in spirit. A man that one time he's on fire, another time he's in the flesh. He hears God. Who do message I am? Everybody say, you are that? Say, "Who do you, say, you are the Christ. Just said, mm, Simon. Simon, flesh and blood has got nothing to do with this one. Your flesh is not work. This is a spiritual thing. Peter, upon you, I'll build my church and the gates of hell. Look at someone say, God wants real people. Say, be real, be real. Say, stop pretending, be real. Come just as you are. He hears God in the same chapter and few verses after. He comes and says, say, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to the cross. And the Bible says, Peter called Jesus. He pulled Jesus aside. Come here, Jesus. Just come here. He drags him aside and says, Ah, where are you going? Speaking to him as a fisherman. Jesus, what do you think you are doing? You are going where? You are going where? I left everything coming for you. are going to die. You are going to die. Where's the next menu coming from? When are you going to multiply bread and fish? Are you serious? Jesus, change your mind. Do you have some people who are real in the house? say yes, I need him, I need him, I love him, but I have my struggles, I love him, but I'm still trusting him, there are things I don't understand, things I'm still questioning, things I'm asking, things I'm praying about, things I'm talking about, things I need answers, even though he's spoken to me twice it's not like God is not speaking but the noise around me is too much it's disturbing me but I need to hear a sound I need to hear the real word I need a confirmation I need another prayer I need another word from God will you rise up and clap your hands and shout say yes I need another word the sinner and Jesus had two choices Either to rebuke him but Jesus said no it was Satan to Satan one day the people came I Jesus. Peter had a knife What did he know he had a knife all this while. He was with Jesus, still had a knife with him. He was born again, but still carrying a knife. Whoa! Did I say that? Born again, but still with a knife. Just in case this thing turns a fight. I got something shell. Yeah put it back there Yes, with a knife with a knife next time you will know that I'm not only born again but I got it next time do I have some people like that in the church come on be honest be real born again but still got some issues in all your ways, I'm talking about your ways. There are things we do that are our ways, not His ways. Perhaps if a way of a man pleases God, He causes it to live peaceably, even with his enemies. There are things that are our ways. Many of us in here and I sound of my voice. You've got your ways. Are you I mean? You've got your ways. Your four one nine ways. Your shortcut ways. Your moves. Sitting in church, but I still got some moves your ways you know what tickles you what makes you smile (laughs) something is hitting your mind you are struggling you are in church but your brain is under bombardment you are born again but I still like them tall born again but I still like that black beauty brother you like that black beauty, black beauty, brother? Born again. But you still got some telephone that you got to cut, by you still answering. Born again. But struggles to sleep in the night. You got to do a little bit of wine and and champagne and blaze a little weed and and wipe your mouth and come and stand and still lift up your hands. You still got a knife born again but with a knife a pastor but with a knife the next apostle after jesus but still holding a knife i told you about a lady who said i love a bad boy who loves jesus yeah born again born in church we've been praying about her marriage for years and the marriage is not happening, I didn't know because we've been praying anointing you taking you to deliverance, inside deliverance, between deliverance, on top of deliverance, under deliverance, behind deliverance, over deliverance in the middle of deliverance, what is happening to you why is your marriage not happening, and when I said girl, what kind of a guy do you want to say, prophet prophet, prophet I love a bad boy who loves Jesus I want a bad boy who loves Jesus, I said you need deliverance if you love Jesus, it can't be bad boy because when you love Jesus, He turns you around but what he says, is that I want a guy who is 50-50 <laughs> can you give the Lord a bigger laughter and a clap, <laughs> say yes and so I understand why you are not married and there are guys like that they want a little angel and Jezebel mix mix <laughs> what is that? I love Jezebelic an angelic angel 50, Jezebel 50, 50 50. I don't want somebody who's always praying. I don't, 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 don't. Ah! Before we kiss, let's pray. I say it as it is right there. I'm touching on your nerve. You can look at me anywhere you want. Look at me. I know I'm preaching good. The angels are telling me I'm preaching good. The Holy Ghost is telling me I'm preaching good. I feel a witness in my heart that I'm preaching good. Will you rise up and clap one and shout? Say yes. Born again. But with a knife, try me. I'll show you. Before I became born again, I used to be Don't try me I'll break your neck. Let's take a confession. That's Peter. Interesting character. Are you with me? Peter becomes a critical example as one that had an encounter became poor in spirit. Luke 22 31
0: to 33. Luke chapter 22, verse 31. And the Lord said, uh-huh. Simon, 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 Simon. behold, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, uh-huh. that he may sift you as wheat, but I pray for thee, mm-hmm. that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. Look at someone say, when you are converted, when you are
1: converted, you, you, you. He when you are converted, right now, you are not. Right now, you are just talking. You haven't been through anything In your work with God that seeks your Faith to the core that makes you Feel like giving up You haven't yet encountered Anything that questions Everything you know about God but you still have to Trust him anyway You haven't been through anything That leaves you with so much regret And the guilt Is literally killing you That you have to depend on God To survive before him every day you haven't been attacked in the area of your strength and failed before. You haven't been attacked in the area you are so sure you're going to pass and yet you fail. That you have to trust God that it is not by might nor by power. You haven't been there. When thou art converted, right now, Peter, you are not. Peter looked at him and said, Jesus,
0: what are you talking about? Continue. And he said unto him, Row. I am ready to go with thee, uh-huh. both into prison and to death.
1: Ai 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 ai. Lord, Lord, just in case you are questioning my loyalty to you, let me talk to you. I'm ready to go with you. Why are you attacking me, Lord? Do you know some prophetic who can come to you and you think that someone is attacking you? God is really talking, but that was Peter. Peter said, What is the meaning of all this? We are all following you. Why are you singling me out? Why? Why are you attacking me, Lord? What have I done? I'm ready to go with you in prison. And if that's why so enough, even in death, I'm with you. And what happened?
0: And he said,
1: and he said,
0: I thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this ah. day. Before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Hey! Jesus! You are... You
1: are questioning my loyalty to you. You are telling me that after all I have left to follow you, there's still a tendency in me that I'll betray you. Jesus, what is the meaning of this, Lord? Why? Have something been said to you that you are like, somebody's talking to you in the wrong way? Huh? Have you been there before? When someone says something to you and the thing that you heard, you are like, why are you on my case? Are you still questioning my loyalty to empowerment questions? I still question, I've been with you. So what is that? Why? Why? Lord. Jesus said, Peter, what is about to happen? You don't know. <laughs> you think you are strong, uh, but you are about to meet what is stronger. Have you been at a place in God where your strength can't handle it anymore? Have you been at a place in your walk with God where you prayed and something hit you and your prayer couldn't stand it? I'm not preaching to everybody but I'm preaching to those who are already coveted if you have ever been there you will not be judgmental you will go through something that you will end up saying that <laughs> this one they need grace <laughs> I need to pray for people you know you haven't been there you are so judgmental and wicked because you haven't been through what others have been through but why are they like that why can't they just serve God why are they backsliding you haven't been there before take it easy Look at say, Take your time, take your time. The most spiritual. Welcome. <laughs> Jesus said, Peter, the cock will not crawl. Tries. And you betray me. Peter said, No. I no, I won't. Instead of Peter receiving what God said and praying on it and working on it, he fought because sometimes in our mind we think we are okay. That's arrogance in the spirit. Arrogance in the spirit says, I'm too prayerful. I pray three times a day. Can't happen. Sometimes I'm ministering to people. I'm like, God is revealing this to me. it won't happen, it won't happen. Arrogant. There are a lot of Christians, especially those who have been in church for years, very arrogant. Very, very. Because they think they know all about God. Sometimes you don't know any and everything.
0: Watch this. Watch this. What happened? When I was dealing with you in the temple, Uh you stretched forth no hands against me. Uh But this is your hour and the power of darkness Uh then took they him Uh and led him Uh and brought him into the high priest's house and Peter followed afar off the enemy will pull you to a dimension you have
1: never been in a place where you felt that this thing I'm dealing with is new I followed God but I'm fighting something that is new it looks like it's not in my terrain anymore I need another level of grace to hold me because this one it's a thorn in my flesh. You are like Paul. Can you imagine? Paul was having an all night. Somebody fell and died. Paul laid hand and the person came back to life. One prayer, Paul alive. And Paul is dealing with a thorn in his flesh and he's prayed three times and the thorn is still there. Have you been dealing with something that even when you pray the most, the thing becomes worse? Have you dealt with something that you pray for people in the works but you pray for yourself? It's not working. You counsel people, and they take your counsel, and it works. And you have no wisdom to navigate what you are dealing with. I'm talking about something that shakes your faith.
0: And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall, and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. Uh-huh. But a certain male,
1: a certain male,
0: beheld him as he sat by the fire.
1: Ay-ay-ay-ay.
0: And earnestly looked upon him. Aha, there's a the devil looking at you. There's somebody
1: that wants to really question whether you are a Christian or not. You have never been at a place where someone has taken upon himself except to make sure you I will tempt you. You I will show you are not a Christian. Has happened to you before in your offices around you, and the girl looked at Peter,
0: and what happened? And said, This man was also with him. Aha. And he denied him, saying, Ah, Woman. Woman, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, "Thou art also of them." And Peter said, "Man, I am not." And about the space of one hour, I, after another, confidently confirmed, saying, "Of a truth, of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean." And Peter said, "Man, I know not what thou sayest." And immediately, while he yet spoke, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he said unto him, Before the cock crew, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly.
1: Poor in spirit. So confident, but it didn't work. You prayed it, but it didn't work. You talked to God about it, but it didn't work. You are so strong in your faith that like you are never going to do it. But somewhere, somehow, something happened. And it has become a point of contact where it shakes your very belief and your whole walk with God. And it's like you are in a place where you are questioning yourself. And the guilt is on you. It's Peter. Poor in spirit. is not in what we say, it's not just in our confession. Because sometimes you can confess so well, but in your heart, there's an opening. That must be blocked. Are you receiving today? Hey! John 21, let's see Peter one more time. I love this guy called Peter. I love him. He's real. Tell somebody, I'm real. Look, I'm real, I'm real, I'm real. You've never been there before, prophet, when I break through the tides, Oh, prophet. Oh, pro- I'm not like those, when they begin to mention them, I'm not like Judas. Judas betrayed me, I won't betray you. After the tide came. Then you remembered you have so many things the money could do. Poor! In spirit, it's not your confessing in your mouth. Christianity is not just the mouth.
0: It's the state of your heart. John 21. 21 15, 19. So when they have died, uh-huh. Jesus saith to Simon Peter. Simon! 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 Son of Jonas! Son of Jonas! lovest thou me more than these? <laughs> he said unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Look at me,
1: this is Peter again, after the first experience. Have you been through something that when as they ask you, like Italy, the first answer, I,
0: I tried and I think it didn't work. Simon! Simon, Simon! Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yeah, Lord. Why? Because he's been through something. You
1: see, what made Peter cry was not the fact that he betrayed God, it was because he now understood that Jesus is God. You're not getting it. The cry was not because he was sad that he betrayed Christ, but the cry was because he was broken to believe that Jesus is God all by himself. Then it doesn't matter what, whatever he says stands. But he was so sure that he was never going to do it and he did it and he understood that it could only be that he's God. That's why even when I was so sure of myself, he knew what I wasn't sure of. <laughs> what happened? So this time I ran said, love down me! <laughs> after the encounter, you know, after you have some encounters, you speak from a different perspective. Until you have had an encounter with God, you just read a storybook. Until your Christianity is real, 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 you are not serving God. You think he's saying it's the Bible you are reading and confessing and coming to and clap and go. No, it's real life.
0: He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Uh-huh. He saith to him again the again, second time. Again, Simon, Simon. son of Jonas, uh-huh. lovest thou me? Uh-huh. He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. Uh-huh. He saith unto him the third time. Simon, 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 how many times have I called you Simon?
1: When they call it three times in Africa, it means that you are in trouble. (laughs) Simon, do you love me? Yes, sir, I love you. Feed the lamb. Simon, do you love me? Yes, sir, I love you. Feed my sheep the third time. What happened? Peter was grieved. Peter was grieved. Poor in spirit is how you are inside you. Jesus said, I don't want to deal with what is outside, I want to deal with what is inside. (laughs) Oh, we are not getting it. Because Christianity is not what is outside, it's what is inside. In the New Testament, God's not looking for your mouth. He's looking for your heart. In the New Testament, it's not a process anymore. It's one state of heart. In the Old Testament, when you see you need to bring sheep, cows, goat, do a process. It was all about process. So sometimes people can do it and their heart is not in it. But in the New Testament, it's not a process. It's your state. state. It's not what you are doing. It's not what you are bringing, what you are performing, what you are putting together. It's where you are in the inside of you. And Peter was now grieve where? Inside. Jesus said, you've been talking, now I want to deal what is in your, ins- tell somebody inside me, inside me. too deep for you this morning. He was grieved.
0: That he said unto him, the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, hmm, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest, thou that, knowest I that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Finish. Thou knowest
1: <laughs> all things. Now Peter said, i that you are God When I challenge you the first time You prove me wrong
0: So right now
1: Say let me acknowledge your lordship you know all things you know me inside you know me beyond what I say you know me beyond what I do I've talked and talked and talked but father you know my state poor in spirit is who you are beyond what you say beyond what you do It's who you are as revealed before God It's who you are plain naked before God tell somebody how do you look before God and please demand an answer right now say poor in spirit Verily, verily, I say unto thee, uh-huh. when thou was young, when thou was young and not mature, when you were following me, you were a newborn baby in Christ, when I say you, be t- you were talking, now you are old, let's talk, proper talk, matured. You know something? When you go through things in God, and God breaks your theology and your arrogance, your talk changes. Yes. Now you speak grace. Yes. Now you are not judgmental anymore. People who are judgmental people who have never been through anything. If you've really been through something, you are not judgmental, you are loving, you are caring, you trust God, you pray for people. You love, you are kind, you are humble, you are not clapping your hands, you speak blessings. It is well,
0: thou this thyself. When, when you were young, you believe in yourself. And what happened? And thou walkest whether thou wouldest.
1: Aha, uh-huh. where thou you wanted to go?
0: But when thou shalt be old, uh-huh. thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall get thee and carry thee whether thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. When he has spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. Christianity, poor in spirit, is not what you can do by your
1: strength. Poor in spirit is what you can do through Christ. When you were young, you believed in yourself. Now that you are matured, you believe me. another will lead you. And Bible said, when he was talking about it, he was talking about himself that he should follow him. Christianity is not following principles and following ideas. Christianity is following Christ. Until you possess the person of Christ, you cannot exhibit his principles. You can follow the principle and not have Christ and fall. But when you have him, the principle comes with ease. I refuse to just read about God. I want an encounter. When I have an encounter, I become like him. When I become like him, I don't struggle to exhibit his principle, his kindness, his character, his love, his belief, his ideas. When I have him, I become him. When I follow his principles, I'm only following shadow many are following shadow. A fool poor in spirit is one, that is a child. Until you are a child in God's house, you are not poor in spirit. What is a child? A child believes that, if the daddy says, I'll buy you an airplane, I believe the daddy can buy it. Until you are a realm where whatever God says, you believe it as a child, you are not poor in spirit. Are you the one that questions God's ability? God's strength, God's dunamis, God's power I am at a place in God that whatever God says I believe it as a child until you are a child in God, you are not poor in spirit rise up to your feet it's a new journey it's a new journey how many of you believe God like a child I believe him like a child I need to go to the Bible and say, I believe him like a child. Get out of your seats. I believe him like a child. Come on, say. Come on, say. Come on, say. Come on, say. If God said it is well, he means it is well. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. My friend says. My enemy says. It is
0: well.
1: Lift up your hands. Let's read the scripture together. Matthew 18, chapter 1 to 3. Look at me unless you are like a child before God, if I say I'll buy my son an airplane he doesn't ask, that, where's the money coming from he believes that I can buy, tell somebody, are you a child, tell somebody are you poor in spirits say if you are poor in spirits, you will behave like a child come on go to father it's time to behave like a child my god when I come before god I dance like I got no problem I shout like I got no problem I scream like I got no problem because my god is the king of kings the lord of law the great I am the conqueror
0: the deliverer the warrior the fighter say yes